Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny, and the coronavirus has obviously compounded with the wildfires to raise stress and anxiety and Californians' fatigue from wrestling with the coronavirus pandemic, also the economic downturn and months of sheltering in place, are now dealing with another disaster that feels out of our control. The wildfires, poor air quality, and fears of catching the virus are compounding to produce more stress, anxiety, and feelings of hopelessness. And in this segment, I want to hear from some experts about how to deal with this double dose of disaster. Joining us is Rob Weiss. He's a licensed clinical social worker and executive director of Mentis, a nonprofit that provides mental health services up in Napa County to people of all ages and socioeconomic levels. And welcome, Rob Weiss. Thank you, Michael. Happy to be here with you today. Glad to have you with us. Also glad to have Christina Farr, who joins us as well for this segment, health and tech reporter for CNBC. And welcome, Christina Farr. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you as well. And uh, let's talk first with you, Christina Farr, about this dual nightmare. There are so many people who are feeling trapped, uh, raging wildfires in the pandemic, uh, and people particularly, in many cases, unable to leave their residence, not because they're necessarily quarantined because of COVID-19, but because also of the air quality. Yeah, I've been I've been talking to people around the Bay Area for the past few days to find out how it's affecting them. And one group in, in particular is um, people with chronic lung conditions like asthma, COPD, um, who are feeling particularly trapped and isolated at this time because the air quality outside has been at dangerous, dangerous levels for them. Um, they haven't been able to really leave their house. And, and in the past with wildfires, they would have at least been able to go to a restaurant and, and see friends as long as there was still to there. Um, go to school, go to work. Now they're just indoors 24 seven. Um, so it's it's a you know very anxiety provoking situation for them and, and their mental health consequences as well. Yeah, you wrote, you wrote poignantly about a seven year old uh, who has asthma, a young boy named Clarence Hudson who is trapped, can't even open a window and no one can come over to visit or play with him. I mean, this is certainly the situation we're all in with COVID-19. But the reality is uh, child care, for example, has also been tremendously affected. And you wrote about that as well. I think you uh, went to a Stanford child care center and it was shut down. And we've had problems opening up child care centers, but even more problems now with the fires. Yeah, just think about the implications here for, you know, daycare centers, as you mentioned, which in some cases only recently reopened um, and to a smaller cohort of, of children where, you know, they properly ventilated the space. But now you, you can't even crack open a window. for It's unsafe to be outside. So these daycare centers have now closed down again. And if, if you're a parent that 
has to go to work. Um, in the case of Stanford, a lot of these parents are in the medical field. Um, so it's a real challenge to get last minute childcare. Um, and for them, it's, it's been a scramble. And then think about the restaurants, um, which, which just opened up outdoor seating in the past few weeks in some cases. Um, you know, I talked to one chef who said that she, she came in in the morning, she found ashes on the table and she knew that the restaurant would have to close down again. That's um, Atelier Cren, a uh, fine dining restaurant here in San Francisco. Um, so think about that as well. And, you know, for my, my part, I'm, I'm just trying to do take out as much as possible to, to support local restaurants because it's just been crushing for them. That has been crushing. And on top of everything else, of course, um, we've got uh, these fires uh, creating the worst air quality in the world right now in, in parts of the Bay Area, all this particular particular matter uh, with the wildfires. Let me go to Rob Weiss. Uh, Christine Farrigan is a health and tech reporter for CNBC, and Rob Weiss is executive director of Mentis. And I know, Rob, you are hearing a lot of people with anxiety off the charts, uh, people who are exhausted, people who are depressed and uh, trying to cope. Let's talk about coping skills in the wake of all this, uh, because some people are at their wit's end. Rob, do we have you? Rob Weiss. Thank you. I'm here, Michael. Just oh. to put this in context, um, you're looking at a potent mix, a double whammy of really anxiety and trauma with a pandemic that nobody has any experience dealing with, with this repeated trauma of reoccurring fires that we've been dealing with for the last three years in the North Bay and the Northern part of California. And it creates this, as you've said, this ongoing really sense of fatigue. I mean, it's just, is there's this sense for so many people you know, Michael, of dread when you look out the window and you see the hazy smoke or you walk outside and you smell and taste the smoke and the ash. It's it's that sense of here we go again. And that it and that's a really um, difficult situation for people. And and as you ask about coping skills, I think it really here's the thing. This situation, both the pandemic and the fires feel so out of control, so so beyond what we can kind of manage in our lives. And there's no sense of when it's gonna end. There's no sense of rhyme or re reason or predictability to it. So I think when we talk about trying to cope, it's trying to do things and try to have some sense of order and structure back in our lives because that gives us a sense of calm. And, and trying to do the, and, and to, to try and achieve that, I think some of the, the things that we, we can naturally do or try and seek out the support of our friends and families and, and neighbors and look for social connection and try and rely upon any religious or spiritual practices we have. Certainly any sort of exercise movement is really good, which unfortunately is really hard to be outdoors now because of the terrible air quality. Um, but in general, trying to engage in sort of our usual activities, uh, certainly limiting any drug, alcohol use, of really trying to avoid is ideal. Um, so there's really a fine line here between really what people can do to try and manage their emotions and regulate their emotional state and when perhaps you want to seek out professional help. Well, there's a, certainly a good deal of useful advice that you're giving, uh, though there are some people who just feel so hopeless and so wrecked by all of this. Uh, I know because I've been hearing from some of them and the idea that uh, 
you're going to seek professional help, but at what point do you really know that you need it, that you have to go, that you have to rely on somebody to help? Yeah, that's, and I think the, the easy answer there is it really depends upon the level of emotional distress you're feeling and how impacted is your daily functioning, meaning this, can you work, can you go to school, can you engage in, in kind of typical social relations, family relationships, and are you feeling so kind of overwhelmed and paralyzed and that you really, it's just, and so kind of a sense of dread, and if, if you're really impacted on the, on a functional way or an emotional way, then you really should seek out professional mental health support. And fortunately, Michael, there's organizations like Mentis for Napa County residents, private practitioners all over the Bay area that we're very lucky to have a, a really talented group of mental health professionals all throughout the Bay area who are skilled in helping people deal with trauma. But really what you said was the key. It's really about trying to help people have a sense of, control, a sense of hope for the future, a sense of a core belief that things are going to be okay. And that's, that's really critical to try and help people get there again, which is tough given the situation we're all It certainly right is tough given the situations. Uh, I'd have to make that a plural. And also, just like your thoughts about something else before we bring our listeners into this, um, there's a kind of intensification of pain in all this. And there's also something that used to be called compassion fatigue. You know, I mean, hearing about these deaths in the fires, particularly this helicopter pilot who went down and uh, saw his family talking about the loss that they were experiencing, and it was devastating. And if you have empathy, if you feel something for people who go through those kinds of experiences, it can affect you very deeply. I mean, there has to be some kind of distance from internalizing it because some people are just so sensitive they internalize those things. Yeah, well, this gets into those good self-care practices we we're talking about. And at some point, you're right, the ability to kind of shut it off and take a break, because otherwise it just becomes overwhelming, as you suggest, because the nature of the pandemic combined with these fires is just unprecedented. So it's really hard to kind of um, draw any comparison. So it's really the, the idea of self-care and just kind of being able to take a break and understanding there's a team of people and we have to share the load. Well, we're getting mental and emotional toll from the pandemic and the wildfires and assessing it and assessing how we can deal with this double whammy. Uh, some would say with the economics, certainly it's a triple whammy or quadruple whammy. You can just keep going on. These are tough times. And Rob Weiss is with us and so is Christina Farr. And you can be with us. How are you feeling? Given the pandemic, given the wildfires, given the other stressors, how are you coping with stress and anxiety? You can give us a call now, and I invite your calls. The number to call is 866-733-6786. Again, you can join us now at 866-733-6786, or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. Maria tweets, I'm not coping well. I'm sorry, Maria, and I hope that this kind of suggestions you're hearing here will at least help with the coping mechanisms. Bonnie says, speaking of coping mechanisms, I try to take it one day at a time. Otherwise, I feel really overloaded. It's a lot to deal with. And another listener tweets, these fires combined with the heat and pandemic is very depressing. We're in East Dublin Hills where there is nonstop heat over 100 degrees and nonstop smoke. We've basically been trapped indoors for over a week. It feels as if the Bay Area can't get a break. And that's kind of what you were experiencing hearing from many of the people that you spoke with, isn't it, Christine Farr? Absolutely. Just kept hearing, hearing terms like suffocated, trapped. Um, you know, the other factor to all this is 
in previous years, you could have, you know, taken a, a road trip and gotten out of out of the Bay Area and just had some fresh air. Um, and now people feel that, you know, it, it's scary with the pandemic to to even kind of leave their homes. Um, so it's just it, it's sort of this feeling of just you can't you can't crack open a window, you can't go outside. You know, you, you're very much stuck. And people are finding that um, the sort of the breakdown of their community of their social life after all of these months is, is really affecting them um, and, and many of the people I spoke to you know had health reasons um, to feel anxious about this and and now at this point you know, haven't seen anyone in months and and the only people they interact with is, is the person that delivers the medicine medicine or the groceries um, and that's just you know that's not a sustainable situation so for a lot of people, it feels like one thing on top of another. Plus, the onus of many people who have, well, people who have lost their jobs, but also people who are taking care of their kids in terms of schooling because they have to do things remotely or hybridized. And, uh, uh, you know, the burden of that is extraordinary on many people's lives to add to it all. Uh, here's a tweet, and I'm going to go back to you, Rob Weiss, uh, in response to this tweet. This listener says, we... He writes, we're feeling depressed. Going outdoors was our only stress reliever, and we haven't been able to walk or work outdoors in over a week because of 106-degree heat and thickness of smoke. And what would you say to that listener, Rob? You know, Michael, I, I wish I had a good answer to that listener, other than to I have tremendous empathy and compassion because this is just a rotten situation. So, so many of the typical coping skills that you would use, like we've just identified, going outside, walking, exercise, are not available to us. And that's why this situation is just unprecedented. And that's why we're seeing these incredible high rates of depression, anxiety, stress, and, and trauma. And, and um, I think it's, it's really just going back to that one day at a time, doing what you can do, doing whatever you feel like you have a sense of control over, even if it's a small little thing some sense of feeling like you have a little bit of structure and you have and, and some way to kind of manage this situation that's just it's just overwhelming and full of dread um, for obvious reasons it's I, like I said it's just incredibly hard and there's no easy answer other than to try and do the little things because even the little things can be helpful little things can be helpful and there's detail in little things uh, and the structure that you talk about and here's a listener who writes and this is just so Sad in the precision and uh, the cogent nature of this comment. Uh, listener tweets, I'm a disabled veteran and I'm on fire watch here in Half Moon Bay. No work, just sadness since March. Another listener says, I tell myself often it could be worse. That helps me put things in perspective, but then I'm sad because I know there are many people who do have it worse than me. And there's that compassion factor again. And we're getting your responses to this and also interested always hear good advice from listeners if you have something you'd like to say in the way of something that's worked for you that's maybe brought you out of uh, melancholy or depression um, please feel free to join the program now at 866-733-6786 getting mental and emotional advice from uh, not only Rob Weiss but also Christina Farr and also how the pandemic and the wildfires have combined to add extraordinary stress to our lives here's uh, ali or ali who writes uh, no shame in treatment antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications and routine thought uh, therapy sessions talk therapy sessions also a pandemic bubble to embrace support of each other uh, and there again and rob weiss i'm go back to you the importance and it's difficult when people are quarantined and when they can't have social contact but um 
very difficult to stay in contact with whomever you can stay in contact. I mean, some people are very isolated and they have few that they can make contact with family or friends, but there's a vast number of people out there who are like them who they can make contact with. Yeah, and I think part of this depends also on access to technology and the ability to use technology because sadly this pandemic and, and the fires also exacerbate underlying inequities in health and income, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say it's really important that to try and connect with people any way you can. If you can do it uh, remotely, please do. For example, at our organization at Mentis, we conduct all our therapy and mental health treatment services remotely through telehealth. It's been very effective. I and mean, we have people who talk to us sitting in cars if they need private space or they carve out a little room, they use a screen if they can, if they have the technology. So we try and connect with people any way we can. We are flexible and I know many other providers try and do the same thing. So again, Michael, if it's that you can, you know, walk out and talk to a neighbor socially distant, if you can have a visit in a little yard or outdoor space, if you can use indoor technology, uh, it, it's really about whatever works. I just encourage everybody out there to connect in any way they can. Uh, going back to the small things make a difference and really try and help us get through this. And as the listener uh, or the caller pointed out, uh, access to mental health treatment is really a good resource. And, uh, and, and I know uh, oftentimes it depends on uh, people's ability, their insurance or ability to pay, but there are organizations like Mentis that see people with no insurance, who are very low income. And so I really encourage people to seek out the care of mental health professionals because there's a lot of talented people in the Bay Area and, and a lot of goodwill. And again, Rob Weiss is executive director of Mentis. Uh, Gary writes, COVID fire for me. The biggest stress by far is the danger to our constitution with a president who wants to be king. Trump's behavior bothers me much more than all of the rest. Another listener says, I've turned to exercise. It's unfortunate we can't go outdoors right now, but getting in a workout indoors is a nice escape from the world. Here's Susie in Alameda. Susie, join us. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. I've been saying for a long time that with all of this going on in the United States, on the political realm, and the post office and things like that, all we need to do really to help ourselves grow spiritually is to consider what the Syrians have been going through for 10 years, where they don't have any food or water. They run for their lives and they drown in the sea. And we're so lucky in America. And we have a history of overcoming whatever we have to face. Susie, you're right to put it in that perspective. And I thank you for that. We're running short on time here. But, you know, it is important to think about how fortunate and blessed we are compared to uh, all the suffering going on in the world. But somehow, I always think about Henry Morgan, a name that some old timers may remember, who used to say, when you've got a toothache, uh, it's hard to think about other people's lives uh, compared to your own. Uh, and there's lots of toothaches now. There's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And uh, I want to thank Rob Weiss and Christina Farr for helping us put things into perspective. Appreciate both of you are being with us. Appreciate you, our listeners, who weighed in here and uh, the advice that was offered. Uh, and uh, let me tell you who's behind the scenes of the Forum program. Forum's produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Larberg, Ariana Prail, Blanca Torres, and Susan Britton. Senior editor is Dan Zoll, and our engineer is Danny Bringer. Intern is Jameson Weiss. Executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Thank you for being a part of this morning's program. Another hour up ahead with Mina Kim. You can always let us know what you think about what you hear on Forum or would like to hear by emailing us, forum at kqed.org. And for all of us here at Forum, stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.